Don't call it a comb back, I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, whatever, Grab my glasses, I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. So my first question is, why in the hell don't the Rams have indoor plumbing? This is the press box. You're not at a great point in your life when you have to take a dump in a port of party, right? True. That's not a great day for you. With Grainy and Bischoff. Shove it in. Someone from the Hard Knocks who took a dump in the port of party. Like, they immediately blame the media. Like, we get blamed for everything. It's fine to blame us for, like, if you want, you think we're negative. But we got to draw the line that we're taking the dumps in the port of party. No. At that point, I draw the line. Thank God we're not negative about VGK. ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. Thank God it's Friday. It's Ed, Tyler, and Jared. Big game tonight. The first bite. Do NHL players hate Marc-Andre Fleury? We're not negative. Other players are. Yeah. Oh, I was talking about the media's not negative. Um... No, I know. We're not. The media fist fist pumps. Yeah. Yeah. It's the players that don't like Marc-Andre Fleury that are negative. Do they hate Marc-Andre Fleury, or do they just absolutely love the other guy, <laughs> Vasilevsky? So the NHL Players Association put out their player poll where they ask players, hey, you know, what do you think? Who's the best goalie? Who's the best defense? Who's the best dressed? Yeah, who's the best goal scorer? And for best goalie, Marc-Andre Fleury came in second, which actually doesn't mm. sound that bad. No. But Andre Vasilevsky got 54% of the votes. Flurry got 8.8. Yeah. Like, it's second place technically, but he's not even close. No. And the same ballpark. The players same aren't the rank. ones that vote on the Vesna, but if this is an indication of how Vesna How the GMs going, are going to Flurry's not getting the Vesna yeah. this year either? No. Uh, okay. So we've talked about this in the past. I am completely all for and supportive of any award that is voted on by players. No, I players are idiots. I don't know. No, I, no, no I media could, are could, idiots. No, I could yes, not no, I, I disagree players with you completely. Are media are idiots. I, shall I show you Twitter? Um, so I am fine with guys who actually play against people and not sit in press boxes and worry about what's going to give be given to them voting on awards more so than if I'm actually on the field or the ice or the court and I'm like, all right, I know that dude's good. Now, I'll say this. There's no faction of what we're talking about, GMs, media, players that don't have a bias. They're all humans, right? Everyone has some kind of inherent bias to where they like or don't like someone. But I'm all for I don't I don't compete against these people. I don't know these people. I don't know who works the hardest. I don't really care. So if you play against them, you go home and vote for them. I'll so the fact that they all think Vasilevsky or not ha- I guess 54% of them think Vasilevsky's the best goalie. I'm going to say Vasilevsky's probably the best goalie. Players are idiots. No, they're they not. Vote, so there's no. a note at the bottom of this that says this ends Carey Price's streak of three years being voted the best goalie in hockey. Three years ago, when the players voted Carey Price the best goalie in hockey, his save percentage was 900. His goal saved above average was negative 17 and a half. Maybe all the people who voted couldn't, couldn't get a shot against them. Well, they're the only ones I in the mean, damn league that no, couldn't get I a just... shot against them. Last year, they also voted Carey Price the best goal in the league. His save percentage was 909. His goal save average was negative 1.3. Price has sucked but, until this but year. they're not stats guys like you. They don't care. They're not like weird they... analytic stats guys. They just go, you know what? We play the game. We know they're more than you. stats guys uh, like you. Yeah, exactly. They, they actually can they skate. They score on they, him and yeah, they go, he they, was darn close. They, they, actually can, they actually can skate, unlike you or me or Jared. What, what is so, that? They, Carey Price? <laughs> 
Bryce has sucked. Oh, can you skate? Yeah, I'm sorry. So okay. okay, just like me and uh, I just Tyler, have you bad can't skate. Knees. Okay. Gary Price has sucked for like the last four years. You really until think media should vote on this? I'm just saying players are dumb. Uh, no, no. Who should vote on these things? All, all of them should vote. The media and players are equally as dumb as each other. There's not a doubt in my mind. Uh, here's here's another I think problem. The media is dumber. You want to know how? The, you want to know how? You know the players the, are dumb. I'm part of the media. Okay, let me ask you this: In hockey, what position affects the outcome of any game the most? The goalie. Okay. One of the questions on this players' poll was: If you need to win one game, who is the one player at any position you would want on your team? Oh, they're going to say Connor McDavid. Uh, let's see. Six players got at least three percent of the vote. Only one of them was a goalie. You have to be a moron mm. to not pick a goalie for that question. Again, this is like I'm not picking, an NHL player. I don't this really is like picking a That's free safety. Think. If I asked you in a football game, what one player do you want to win a game? You're picking a quarterback, right? That's well, the after, same as after a goalie. I'm picking Deuce, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm picking a quarterback. That's first. the same as goalie, quarterback, and goalie. The two positions and pitcher and baseball. <laughs> the three positions that have the biggest maybe impact I think, on any maybe game. Maybe I think though. If I have Connor McDavid, I can get away with a lesser goalie. He hasn't won. He'll just bleed. No, but in if you get career. one game and he can score three goals, like you're saying, one game, one game. You're not talking about a whole right. season or a championship. If I get one game and I've got, who's an average? Give me an average goalie, a Carey goalie. Price. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who might win this series by himself? Uh, if you look, don't I pick just, a goalie for that question, you're an idiot. I just think it goes back to I've told you this. It goes back to like my my not disdain, but my feelings about media voting for awards. Again, goes back to I love when they vote on obscure things and there's no chance they have any idea who the best person is. I've told you this. Like, who's the best left guard? The media have no idea. Sure. Zero. None. Zero idea. So why are they voting for these things? Why They have no clue. They have no clue. Sure. They can't perform in any way how these people perform. They're not even close. They're not in the same world. So I'm not going to sit there and say – I think Jimmy's the best left winger over Johnny because Jimmy's got better sense. I don't know if on you know nights Johnny didn't play well, he was sick. I don't know. There's so many intangibles that go into why guys win awards. I just have never thought that media should have anything to do with that stuff. Now, if you're saying the GMs or the players and they have biases, of course they do. I mean, everyone has bias. We're all human beings. I just, as a media member, I've always stepped back and like, you know what? You guys play against him. If you want me to vote who the best media people are, then hand me the ballot. <laughs> Believe me, I'll vote. But if it's no, who that's the- what I want the players to vote on. I want the players to vote <laughs> on who are the best media members. I oh, want the players. My God. I want I want the hockey rankings. players to vote on if they're completely honest, 150 percent honest, can't lie, true sermon, everything. If they even know who the hell any of the media members are, because I'll tell you what, 99 oh, percent of them don't. That's, and especially now, because oh, the virtuals, the Zoom, they have no clue. The best years. part are the media members who think those guys know who they are. <laughs> oh, those are the best. I just all I want is the, somebody to just like show a picture. No chance. Any member of the media yes. be like. Give us either a first or a last yes, name, yes. or even you know what? Give us where they work. Yeah, yeah. We'll just take the Golden Knights. How many last? Hit Gary what's it been the Lawless? last year with Zooms? Yeah, we've been over. First of all, I don't with... think they knew anyone anyway when we we're in the room every day. Just, they kind of have an, in a sense of well, these people seem to be in the room a lot on a daily basis, so maybe they work for someone that's some you know that that you know covers. This Are team. you the goalie coach? No, I'm with NBC. Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> so I absolutely – Jared's got the best – I'm trying to think the percentage if you actually showed mug shots to, let's say, I don't know, pick a guy like, you know, Jonathan Marshall. Like, you actually showed him pictures. No chance. Zero. 
again, I can media. only think of a couple members of the media with mug shots and myself <laughs> included. Well, most of them work in TV. <laughs> the best for me is like, oh, he'd know who I am. No, he wouldn't. Uh, Again, I I think Vasilevsky's probably the best goalie. I mean, I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't. I don't disagree me. with that. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just telling you. I think players are as big of idiots as the media. Okay. Well, they might as be as big idiots. I just think those idiots should vote. <laughs> like, if you're taking groups of idiots, let them vote on it. I just think they're too big of idiots. Because again, they voted Carey Price the best goalie in the league when he had a negative 17 goals saved above average. When an average goalie was 17 goals better, 17 saves better than Carey Price over the course of an entire season. Like, you're like, you and I couldn't get out there and do that. I think we might be able to do that. No, we couldn't. Just stand there. The goalie pads are big. Just just don't move. This is one of my favorite dualities of Tyler's take is goalies are meat bags. They're the most important thing. They are. But they stink. Here's the thing. They're all replaceable. They're very important. Exactly. No, no, it is. In any single game, the most important player Uh, is the goaltender. In a hockey game. But I also don't think there's as big of a difference between each goalie as we make it out to be. So they can be the most important guy that stinks. You know what that is right there, Tyler? You know what that is? AF pass fail. Yeah, it is. I that got, is AF pass is. fail. That is. is absolutely what I, it is. They have the biggest impact on any single game, but I I think we make too big of a deal out of who's better than who in goaltending because they're all just big blocking space. Okay, so how much do you think just translates to in the GM's vote for the Vesna? We know that. It's already the votes are in. That's the thing. All these I love these people on the Twitter this morning, like, you know, ripping, you know, the Jack Adams award win, you know, uh voter voting say this guy got knocked out of the playoffs first round. It has nothing to do with the playoffs. These are all regular season awards. The votes have been in before the playoffs started. So someone's gonna win these things based on the regular season. How much do you think this poll will translate to the Vesna award winner? Probably not much at all. I mean, Vasilevsky might still win it, but I don't think we should take what the players said and and say the oh, GMs, the GMs will, think the will think way. the same way. I don't think it. Yeah. Are they idiots too? They are. Um, <laughs> haven't you seen some of these trades? My God, did you see what the Florida Panthers did in the expansion draft? Of course, they're idiots. Apparently, the Kraken are uh, they're they're smart. They're holding out and uh, trying to take people uh, take people to the shed on these uh, deals. George, I... the the Golden Knights made the Stanley Cup final in a year that George McPhee was tanking. For the first 75% yeah. of the season. They were tanking that. They they were down to Oscar Dansk as their starting goaltender. And McPhee said, nope, I'm not making a move. We're rolling with Oscar Dansk. Because they were tanking. Who was that other dude that played when like 10 people got uh, hurt? Oh, Remember him? What yeah. was his name? What was his name? I don't know. They lost Flurry. They lost Subban. Dansk played. I was and... actually on that trip with the Rangers and the Islanders. And that guy was in the game. You, you'll get it here. Yeah, it I'll have Who to look it up. It's, it's disappointing that I can't remember it. Yeah, I just... Uh, oh, it's so not they... the guy with the Alec... Oh, no, wait, never mind. I... No. <laughs> what were you going to say there? It's Ooh. not the guy that got the Twitter allegations, was it? So, Dylan Ferguson played one game that okay. year. Max Legacy. Okay, there, there, that guy. Is Maxie. Maxie. They, so this he is played a team. for other... He played for another team this year, didn't he? I think that he? guy was in games. Yeah. This, so... Again, the year the Golden Knights went to the Stanley Cup, they lost Flurry, they lost Subban, but it was early in the season, and George McPhee was still trying to tank. He was still trying to hold on to future assets. So the Golden Knights played 21 games with Max Legacy, Oscar Dansk, or Dylan Ferguson in net. That's how you win. 
And they did win well, the division. Well, they did. Goalies they won. don't matter. Exactly. See, these are opposite ends of the argument. You're saying they're the most person, the most important person, but you say you you and I could just stand there. Now you're saying they're the most important right. person. Now you're they saying are. Max Legacy and Oscar Danks were in the goal. Well, they they could have been the most pers- important people that game. In any single game, the most important player on any team is the goaltender. But I'm saying between each goalie, there's not as big of a difference as we think there is. I'm trying to wrap my head around that one. The latter sounds right. <laughs> yes. The, to where, like, you know, Vasilevsky against, I don't know, the guy from Buffalo. Uh, you know, whatever. I mean, right. you know, between these goalies. Because the percentages not, are still right. not, like, astoundingly, you know, different. Right. A good goaltender would have, like, a 925 save okay. percentage. A, a bad goaltender would be, like, 905. And Vasilevsky might be 93. The difference between 925 yeah. and 905 is 2%. Yeah. That's 92 and 90%. Right. Like, so, yeah, it's a very small margin. But, again, the whole point is on any single game, the player that has the biggest impact on a win or a loss is the goaltender. There's no arguing that. Okay. Everybody agrees with that. But... The difference between each goalie in the NHL, I think, is much smaller than we make it out to. Now, there were things on this poll that your analytics mean nothing. Uh, You do not have numbers or stats on who the best-dressed player is. You do not have a... Hey, we could. Well, That could become our thing. um, Oh, here's one. Who got... I think I would know who won this, but, you know, with your, your analytics, who was the best goal scorer? I assume I know who it is, but... Who's best goal scorer? Uh, where is best goal scorer? Austin Matthews. Oh, one best goal scorer. I was gonna say McDavid. No, McDavid was only fourth. So on that Austin goal. Matthews was the best goal scorer and the best dressed. It's a big combo. <laughs> I thought William Carlson was the best dressed. Didn't he win something like that one time? Like the best dressed guy, or the most stylish or something. Here. Yeah. Oh, it's just here. on AT and T. Same people go to chance over yeah. Grady. Well, or now here. I know how biased it is. Right. It's not not <laughs> league wide. Here he won it. Not everywhere. Well, it's an easy one to win here. I mean. Yeah. Of course. So, <laughs> Come on. You got to beat out Alex Tuck or something like that. And what was it? Nate Schmidt that showed up he in wasn't a mismatching even, suit. Two I don't years even ago? think uh, Carlson in that list was like even. I don't even know if he was like listed. So this these guys must be no. They hate it. all the Golden Knights. They, of all these awards. Well, that's the other thing I was thinking. I saw this entire list. I'm like, Fleury is really the only one. Fleury is the only player mentioned in any of these awards. Like, is best that jealousy or is it more factual? Well, players are idiots because, like, Sidney Crosby is still on all of these lists. He's a good player. He's not the second best <laughs> player in the league. If I needed to win one game, who's the player I would want? It's not Sidney Crosby, and he finished second. Would it be a Golden Knight? No. No. <laughs> well, maybe Flurry this year. Like this year, Flurry? Yeah, I'll take that guy. Okay. So the Golden Knights made one got one player in these lists. I was thinking I wa- I read the whole list for yesterday. The best record in the NHL. They, yeah, I, I was watching it. So I guess it's just jealousy. They all hate them. They yeah. all hate the Golden Knights. They're like, ah, screw that team. They're like oh, the NHL fans that hate well, the Golden Knights. After that first year. Oh, speaking of which, have you did you think through two games that they're to- the officials are totally biased? No, but Canadians fans yeah. do. Yeah. Did you see that picture with the Golden Knights had, had is, eight skaters eight on skate, the ice? Eight and skaters on the ice. They the scored. Rest. They counted the rest, which I thought was actually very creative. Uh, I was at both games, and I didn't sit there at any point saying, oh, boy, they're really going to the Golden Knights. I didn't say that at all. I'm like, what? I mean, they're Canadian fans. So Golden gonna, child of the NHL. They're going to stick them in the Stanley it, Cup because they love them so much. They'll always have that kind of moniker <laughs> where people were mad about the first year. No, seriously. Especially and, if Seattle sucks. <laughs> yeah, but we saw Ron Francis yesterday. You and I were talking about this that I guess I mentioned the first, uh, the crack in our, I guess, really being 
holding out on some of these side deals not not for protected players. Yeah. And I think they learned from the Golden Knights, like, no, we're not just going to do this. We'll take who we want if you have to uh, not protect people. That's my playoff team, the Seattle Kraken. Gotta really? Out of the Pacific yeah. next we, year? Yeah, we already did this. I told you they were going to make it. I just say the Kings. Oh, I just say the Kings and oh, move boy. on. All right. We actually came up with a plan to save the Golden Knights a lot of cap space by putting both Liner and Flurry on the IR oh. until uh, the playoffs yeah. because they only have to beat the Kraken to get into the playoffs. All right. We got to go to break. Coming up next. It's Friday. What the hell are the Celtics doing? Is this what playoff P looks like? <laughs> um, Sure. Middleton at the right elbow against Chioza. Lifting, shooting, good! A new playoff high for Middleton with 38. My, my. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. So we'll get into the box. Forcing a game seven with the Nets. But what are the Celtics doing? I'm a little confused here because I think they just made a trade where they gave up the best player and the best pick. Um, Brad Stevens is uh, off and running as running the organization. Moved Kemba Walker uh, to the Thunder with a first-round draft pick and a 2025 second-round draft pick. So, obviously, Stevens called John Gruden, said, should I <laughs> do anything else? And Gruden's like, throw in a second. It's always good to throw in a second. In exchange for Al Horford, Moses Brown, and a 2023 second-rounder. It makes no sense on paper because he has the best player. He has the knee issues, and he had a, you know, it was his lowest output this season for a while, but and a one and a two. I, I I don't get that. I don't even know. I'll tell you what. I don't even know if Oklahoma's city's going to even keep him. They might oh, move probably not. They'll, 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 they'll switch him to somewhere else and get even yeah. more assets. Most like so a lot of people have tweeted. Uh, Wojnarowski tweeted this. Jeff Goodman tweeted this about Kemba Walker's contract, that he's got two years left. It's 36 and $37 million each of those two years. But Al Horford <laughs> also has two years left at 27 and $26 million. So, like, yes, they're going to save $10 million a year with this trade, but... It, you really have to give up a first round pick to save ten million dollars? Like, like that doesn't seem like you're no. it seems like you're giving up too much to save too little money. Like the only thing on this is Moses Brown, who I had to look up before we started the show today. Moses Brown is one of the guys that played in that last game of the year, Clippers versus Thunder. Remember we were making fun yep. of who the lineups were because the Clippers were tanking to avoid the Lakers. Yes. Right, Moses Brown is one of the guys that played for the Thunder in that game. Now, he scored over 20 points in that game, but Moses Brown is undrafted, 21-year-old. He played in 53 games and averaged 2.2 points per game. Like, he had a few games where he went for over 20. One happened against the Celtics. But, like, unless they think Moses Brown is going to be really good, I can't figure out what the Celtics are doing because they only cleared $10 million in space. Obviously, Brad Stevens missed Al Horford. And so he just was like, I want Al Horford back. Somewhere, I'll do anything. Somewhere Danny Ainge is smiling. It's like, well, you thought I was bad. I didn't even know Al Horford was on the thunder. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that's there's that genuinely is the greatest thing that the TNT show does is who he play for. So Oklahoma City, I believe, if I'm counting right now, has like sixty six draft picks. Yes. And they're going to now probably move Kemba Walker for a couple more. So yes. they'll just do nothing but I don't know if they'll ever even have a team again, but they'll sit there smiling because they'll have more draft picks through like 2029 20, than like all the teams combined. 
They have three first rounders yeah. for this upcoming draft and probably three for every draft for the next decade. Wow. That's Here, amazing. But here's the thing for Oklahoma City. Like basketball is probably the sport where it's the worst to accrue that many picks because there's not that many roster spots. Like you Well, and there's not that many probably after I mean, you can find good players. Obviously, we know all the stories, but you gotta get really lucky right. after a first after a first point in the first round, you have to get fortunate yeah. for the guy to become Good. Yeah. So it's like, it's good. Listen, if you're going to tank, it's good to get the picks and everything, but they've got, what is it? Like 27, 28 first round. Ridiculous. How many picks they have. You cannot possibly use them. So what's like, what I'm fascinated to see with the thunder is okay. Once they start drafting some of these guys, once they get one that they think, Oh, this guy is a potentially a future star. How do they use the rest of those picks to build around him? Because the, the plan for the thunder has to be, Hey, at some point in the next two or three years, they're going to draft a guy that's a potential star, right? When you have nine first yeah. round picks, hopefully you hit on one of yeah. them. And then it's going to be, okay, how many picks do we use to go trade for this veteran, this veteran to put around him? Because that has to be the plan. You can't sit here and say, we're going to draft 27 guys in the first round over the next 10 years. So they just added, what, $10 million or more in salary. He's, he's, he's got the knee issues. Is there any way they keep him? I think they move. Them. I doubt it. I'd be surprised if they you're going to give up him. 50 to pay 70 for a guy who's a better player, but has injury issues. I, I don't know where that's coming into. I mean, they're going to keep the draft picks for now. I'm sure the first and the second. I don't know. I think they, I think they go to a team that believes it's one player away and says, do you want Kimba Walker? What do you give us for him? Oh, I was just going to ask how many of those first round picks that they have over the next decade would it take to move up? So let's say they draft their star this year randomly. And next year, there's a certified, like, oh, he's going number one. How many of those do you have to package in order to move up to number one? If it's, hey, he's certified number one, all of them. Yeah. If he's it, that good. If he's that yeah. good, someone's not passing on yeah. him. Yeah. Because, like, if, if we're sitting here talking about, oh, he might be, you know, better than Zion or yeah. something right away. Then yeah. you're not then giving him up. Whoever whoever sucked the year before and got the first he's getting, pick. They're drafting They're him. taking him. Unless yeah. you're like, hey, here's 26 picks. Then as a GM, I love the NBA. As a GM, yeah. you kind of have to take twenty six first round. Picks. You probably do, <laughs> but if the guy's better than Zion, I'm not sure. I mean, that's true. That's <laughs> if he's better than Zion, you're actually thinking about it. I was like, well, it's twenty six, right? But they're probably thinking in the next twenty six first round picks, is someone going to be better than this guy? I mean, that's how that, that's how they kind of think. Super guys, I think in the NBA, if you think the guy's a superstar, you take the superstar. Yeah, I, I mean, like looking back on it, it, we LeBron had extremely high expectations, but he's probably exceeded even those. If you knew what LeBron's career was going to be when the Cavaliers drafted him, you turned down 26 first round picks for LeBron James. Turned down 50. Yeah. Like you, you, <laughs> there's probably nothing. And yeah. granted, he did leave them to go to Miami. But you got a title. Him a title later. But like, yeah, you got a title. Knowing you what you know how about. How to win a title yeah. first. Yeah. Knowing what you know about his career. With Spo. You wouldn't take a ridiculous number of no. picks. So you're not going to have that level of certainty over some rookie coming in. But if you do or you think you do, then yeah, you might turn down a, like 10 yeah. first rounders sure. to move up. Okay, so but if you had to guess where they're flipping Kimba, the Pelicans, like where where do you? I move think they'll him? go. I don't have a coach. Like I said, there there'll be teams the that made the playoffs this year that think they might be close close, and they'll they'll go get them. I mean, I don't think it'd be like a rebuilding team. I don't think that would be make sense. Um, but there might be like Can teams the that were on the cusp. There might be teams on the cusp that say if we're one player away and we think he's healthy. I mean, he's really good. I I I don't know what you have to give up for him, but. Send if you think Dallas. he's healthy, I'd get him. Send him to Dallas. Let him play with Luca. 
I mean, it, he can be the new GM there, coach there, whatever. Once, Dallas is exploding. Once, well, he's not a gambler, so yeah, I don't think he'd get hired. <laughs> once the Nets are eliminated, I think he'd do really well with that team. Yeah. <laughs> All right, coming up next. Weather guard is, is hurt right now. <laughs> Austin Gale joins the show. Well, I'll have to see when we get to camp. Obviously, we like it on paper. We think uh, we've made some, some changes that are, you know, in some people's eyes, uh, questionable, but... We're younger. I think we're faster. I think we do have more depth. And um, it's hard to update that, that question right now without seeing everything in pads at full speed. It's the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Joining us now from Pro Football Focus is Austin Gale. Uh, Austin, I'm curious, are you aware of who Deuce Gruden is? Oh, good Lord. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Not a, just the absolute best hire you could possibly have as a strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> well, what's your rating on him? The Deucer is in Florida right now in a powerlifting competition. Would he, would he rank high on your board? I mean, 11 out of 10, that's where you have to put him, I think. <laughs> he is, uh, well, what is it, 5'6", five, 5'7", five, something like that? I just want to envision in the Raiders' weight room him outlifting the entire offensive line. And to be honest, I don't think the Raiders have spent enough resource at the running back position. So you could add him <laughs> alongside Josh Jacobs, the former first-rounder, and obviously the uber-expensive Kenyon Drake. Uh, side note, Deuce played uh, running back in college. Oh, he did? Yes. Uh, yeah. You have to at he that did. size, I guess. He did. Small, small, small college. It, it had to be back. fullback. Well, he was in the backfield. I don't know really what he was doing, but I know he's in the backfield. I read a story once, and John Gruden was at one of his games, and he was carrying the ball. Now, he could have been the joker, for all we know, because there are True. joker rankings. <laughs> He's coming for Alec Ingold's job? Yes, yes. Oh, man, poor Alec Ingold. So, uh, Austin, well, we'll stick with the Raiders. Um, Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe, the defensive ends for this team. Yannick Ngakwe says he's in, he thinks they can be the best duo in the NFL, which, you know, hype up your teammates. That's fine. But where would you actually rank? Where do you think Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe can be in terms of pass-rushing duos in the NFL? I mean, I think, to be fair, a little bit higher for Ballard for Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby. I found what was more surprising that Cleveland Furl wasn't mentioned. Yeah, or get out of here, Cleveland. not involved in that conversation. So I do think that both Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe have been well above expectation in terms of rushing the passer considering where they were drafted and where their careers are currently. However, I'm not sure they cracked the top 15 in terms of pass rushing tandems right now just because neither of them is an alpha, true, premier pass rusher in the NFL. I'd almost rather have a Miles Garrett and anybody else over Max Crosby and Nick and Cockway. But it is a serviceable duo, especially you know, with that assumption that Cleveland Furl is inside. I, I, you have to imagine that's where Gus Bradley sees them if Max Crosby and Nick and Nick and Cockway are going to be the starters. Uh, also on the Raiders, I want to ask you this because we talked about it before you came on in terms of Casey Hayward and, and Damon Arnett. Um, and Damon Arnett was not good last year, and they bring Hayward in. But Arnett's a young player. They spent draft capital on him. I would assume Hayward starts, but... I mean, in your eyes, do, do they have to keep looking at Arnett? I mean, he, he, he's still young enough, or do you think this is, no, you play the best player, and the other guy shakes out if he can? No, I think I was reading something that said, you know, Casey Hayward could, could find himself kicking back into the slot where he was playing in Green Bay. Obviously, he's had experience and a lot of good experience playing at outside corner in Los Angeles, but I could see them using Casey Hayward because he has that versatility to move into the slot and then have Damon Arnett and Trayvon Mullen on the outside. It's I think you have to play the best player available, but it is a significant investment that they've made in Damon Arnett. You have to see what he can do, because I don't think Damon Arnett has the same level of 
versatility or shiftiness to get kicked inside the slot. His best position is on the outside. Well, Casey Hayward can play on the inside and outside, very similar to Chris Harris Jr., who's now replacing him there in Los Angeles. So I do think that you could see a lot of slot snaps for Casey Hayward Jr., but we'll see how it goes. If right now the Packers and Raiders made a trade, Aaron Rodgers is coming to Vegas and Derek Carr is going to Green Bay, would Derek Carr retire like he said he would instead of playing for another team not like the Raiders? Absolutely not. That's just podium <laughs> speak from a player. I think it, Derek, Derek Carr would go to Green Bay, and honestly, I think could have some significant success. But I don't think the Green Bay Packers want to make that move. I think there's a lot of faith in the building around Jordan Love. If you know if Aaron Rodgers does move on or they do trade him, I think you have to imagine that you know Jordan Love would be the assumed starter. I mean, they invested a first round pick in him. They traded up to go get him. Yes, it's a bad look that he did play a healthy scratch role on that football team behind Tim Boyle last year, but. I think some context there, COVID-19 obviously impacted the season. He was clearly not ready through a handful of Zoom meetings in the offseason to get ready for the NFL season. So, And if you are the Green Bay Packers, probably your best quarterback in that situation would be Tim Boyle, say Aaron Rodgers, Misty Quarter, or multiple games. When are we going to start getting uh, PFF grades on mini-camp passing drills? Uh, that's a good question, man. Once we get some more context, <laughs> I hate these reports. Tlinga by Love throws five picks in a rainstorm. And, oh, by the way, Jacoby Brissett threw four. Like, these <laughs> reports are all just narrative-building monsters that no one has anything else to talk about in June. And we're going to enter a dead period as well as you know, mini camps come to a close and we all wait with this gap between now and July 27th. Justin Fields is being the good teammate. He says, I'm okay with the plan, and I'm learning a lot from Andy Dalton. That might surprise some. It might not others. Uh Coach comes out, Nate comes out this week and says Andy Dalton's the uh, opening day starter. Surprised at any of it, or is this just Fields saying, well, he's going to be 0-4, and then I'll be the guy and I'll be the savior? Yeah, I don't think I'm surprised at all. I think a lot of people are upset you know, that Matt Nagy isn't committing to Justin Fields out of the game. It just, that is the plan. And Matt Nagy, obviously, there in Kansas City, when they let Patrick Mahomes sit behind Alex Smith for, what, 15 games? He played in that final season game and then took the reins in his sophomore season in the NFL. I don't think it needs to get to that extent. I mean, the Chicago Bears want to slow play this. They want to develop Justin Fields. He's still a very young player in the NFL where there are some flaws in his game that as he gains more experience, as he adds to his arsenal, I think he could start to start, you know, potentially start maybe week three, week four. That's where I think it starts to make sense. But also, he goes into the preseason and lights it up. There's going to be a you know, fire under Matt Nagy's ass to go make a play. Yeah, I, I'm curious on the timeline there because it almost feels like the Bears, you take a quarterback in the first round, you kind of owe it to yourself to play him because he's on that rookie contract. But the Bears are also in a situation where they probably think they can make the playoffs with their defense. And if they don't think he's ready, they should play Andy Dalton. So it's a, it's a weird scenario because I'm normally the one to say, hey, if you draft a guy in the first round, you should always start him because of the value. But if Fields isn't ready, then I guess you go with Andy Dalton because he gives you a shot to hang around and make the playoffs. So I think there are two things at play here. Justin Fields, obviously a younger player. You don't want to ruin his confidence by starting him too early. You want to spend time developing him as a signal caller in the NFL. The other thing at play here is that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are very much playing for their jobs right now. If things do not go well in 2021, the leash is getting cut. Now, is it easier to get Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy into 2022 if they play Andy Dalton and have this unknown that is Justin Fields entering 2022? Or is it harder when Justin Fields maybe starts by week four and doesn't play well, everything starts to fall off the rails? So basically, you sabotage this season because, hey, Justin Fields is going to save us all next season. You're all, you know, we're all playing the game. You know, we're all part of the game. It sounds like that's the best chess piece move for Matt Nagy and company. 
I wanted to ask you, and I, I know it's not with your rankings, but uh, just as an NFL insider and someone who care, uh, covers it, what did you make of Cole Beasley yesterday really going hard at the NFLPA and they're lying to us and these guys are a joke and they're not in any way telling us the truth about um, the vaccine? I, I, ha- I struggle to have a comment on Cole Beasley's comments. <laughs> it's a difficult conversation right now. I think I will continue to speak to and listen to professionals and not follow Facebook posts and these types of things. Uh, okay, when are we going to get, because you guys do some fantasy football stuff, I want some fantasy football rankings where guys go up or down based on if they're vaccinated or not, because if they're not vaccinated, they're more likely to miss games. Oh, that's coming, and I think something that's going to be popular this year is purely vaccinated leagues and then unvaccinated leagues where you can only pick players, players for each of the sample sets. It should be a good time. <laughs> yeah, <Amazing. we're, laughs> My fantasy football league, vaccinated only. We know you cannot, you can't draft Sam Darnold. I need to see a card before I make that sixth-round pick on Yahoo. I don't think anyone's drafting Sam Darnold anyway. That's a good point. I, I do like the idea, though, of, like, Fans already get mad at guys for not having good fantasy football days on Sunday. I am here for, why didn't you get vaccinated, you idiot? I lost my fantasy game because of it. That would be fantastic. Can you imagine drafting you know, a player, unvaccinated player, and then they miss like four weeks because they have COVID-19? <laughs> Just incredible. So, okay. Uh, last thing I want to leave you lift, uh, with, because I know you guys talked about it over there. Najee Harris, Steelers running back. How much are they going to give him the ball this year? Uh, I think they're going to feed him. I I think right now, according to PFF's fantasy projections, we have him around 280, 290 total touches. That's receptions and carries. I think he clears the 325 mark. 17-game season. The Pittsburgh Steelers want to back up that selection. When you make a first-round investment in a running back, it's almost on you to recruit as much value as you possibly can. I think they're going to lean on him as that true Three down back. The only back there I see really competing for touches there, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland Jr. I think they'll be better off running with Najee Harris, and for good reason. I mean, he's a very good three-down back. He's one of the better pass-catching backs that came out of this class. So I think you have to be impressed with what he can do as a pass-catcher. You see reports that he's staying at practice deep till 9 p.m., 10 p.m. I think he's the type of player the Steelers want to build around for sure. So in two years, will they give Kenyon Drake an $11 million deal? Yeah, in two years, they'll let him walk. So let, <laughs> let someone else pay him you know, $12, $13 million a year and then go on to the next one. Well, he is Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus. Austin, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Austin. Absolutely. Thank you. I love this idea of vaccinated only leagues. Like, nope, can't draft you unless okay, you're vaccinated. But that also, there's going to. You said you were vaccinated. <laughs> I picked you in the first round. Well, I went to Kinko's. Oh, I found it. Deuce was a running back for Lafayette College. It was he was a running back, not a yeah. okay. For some reason, he just screams fullback to me. No. Maybe I'm doing some racial profiling there. Do you uh, have? Um, I'm looking career stats. I'm. I, I will find those. He's he's earned a. Oh, he earned a master's in kinesiology. Good for him. He's a certified USA weight weight training coach. Good to him. Uh, playing running back for the Leopards from 2012 to 2015. So there you go. What a superstar. Yeah, I'm far more accomplished than anyone in this room. Tell yeah. that. I tell you, I tell you this. I'd let him vote on who the best players are at the NFL. That's it. We not players, not GMs, not media. News Cruden should have the final say all, over all awards. Oh, okay. See, I was thinking including all, the Vesna. Including the Vesna. <laughs> yes. the Vesna. Carrie Price. <laughs> you know why? Because he's been the best goalie for years. Damn it. Unbelievable. Deuce Gruden, official voter <laughs> of everything, of every award, of every award, everything in sports. All right. Coming up next, we'll get into the NBA again because we got a game seven between the Bucks and the Nets.
Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. High fly ball to left field. Pretty well hit. Naquin going back. He's at the warning track. He's at the wall. Leaps. Can't get it. Home run for Fernando Tatis Jr. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. We have a game seven in the second round. The Bucks beat the Nets to force game seven last night. So we might have killed off the Bucks a little bit too soon. You think the Bucs can go win in Brooklyn and get to the Eastern Conference Finals? I did until I just saw Twitter, which reminded me the Bucs are 2-8 and eight all time in Game 7, so I don't like their chances. <laughs> Second worst of all time percentage in Game 7. So What is it? Budenholzer has never won a series where he faced elimination? Yeah. Wow, he's, I mean, it's too bad after he's in a... Will it be the Celtics or the Bucks that hire Rick Carlisle first? <laughs> Budenheiser, uh, get clean it out. Rick's, Rick's in the lobby trying to get to the office. Uh, there are, what, six jobs open? Six and, now. And the Bucks, now. If, if they don't win this series, the Bucks are probably going to have an opening in the next yeah. five days or so, yeah. too. Who... What job do you want more, the Bucks or the Mavericks? Probably the Mavericks, but mm. there's that professional gambler there that well, might be think, telling me what I, to do. I, I, I think I'm taking the bucks only because Cuban hired like a, you know, a, a tout and he's now running the organization, which is, I mean, did Cuban get this guy of shark tank? It's so like the great. guy came in and started selling his picks. Like, Oh, you want to be the GM of my basketball team? It's so great that the story comes out that says Bob Volgaris, professional gambler hired by the Mavericks is the shadow GM and to the point who'd been making decisions by the way that tells rotation yeah rotation to be playing in games and Mark Cuban comes out and calls it laughable calls it a bunch of bull bleep and two days after that story comes out two days after Cuban says that the GM is fired they fired two days later Carlisle is like this I don't want to be a part of this right right I think we found the leak <laughs> the rota- it's one thing if you hire the guy and he's telling Nelson, look, you've been here for like 900 years. I know modern day basketball. I know analytics. I know all this stuff. So I'm going to come in with the numbers. And I'm right. doing- it's another thing to say, hey, Rick, uh, I don't like that rotation. And it's like, then Carlisle's like, okay, this is enough. This is enough. I'm leaving. Just to uh, put it out there, the Bucks are considered the most successful expansion team in <laughs> in sports history because they won a championship in their third season. Mm. <laughs> I, that's such a tough one, though, because Giannis is... and, uh, and, and Doncic, <laughs> I mean, Doncic is going to sign the Supermax, so you're going to have, like, both superstars. No one's leaving. I don't know, man. I might take Milwaukee. That We make fun of it, but that that higher up now in the Mavericks is a little weird. Yeah. I don't know if I'd go down that road. Yeah, that's probably fair. The, I mean, the one question is, like, do you think you can actually win a title with Giannis? Which sounds foolish to say, but you look at guys like Giannis and and Ben Simmons and put Zion in that conversation too. They're guys that are so good at attacking the rim, but they can't do one thing. They can't shoot. They can't do what Chris Middleton did last night. Yeah, and it it becomes like a massive problem in the playoffs. When you can't shoot, you become a team that's so much easier to defend. So, as a coach, if you're choosing between the Bucks and the Mavericks, like Luka can shoot, Giannis can't. Can you figure out how to win without your best player being able to shoot? Like the most important thing LeBron James ever did in his career was become an average three-point shooter. Most important thing he's ever done. Because if LeBron wasn't Spoke. an average three-point shooter, 
he became an average three-point shooter before Spolstra. If he hadn't become an average three-point shooter, then LeBron still probably wins a title, but we're probably talking about LeBron in a similar sense that we talk about Giannis and Ben Simmons, where, okay, you're great at everything except shooting, and that one thing just completely yeah. debilitates your team's chances to win. I mean, as good as all the guys you're talking about is are getting to the rim, no one's like LeBron. I mean, he's a That's Mack, true. he's been a Mack truck yeah. his whole career. That's I mean, true. He's insane. Too. He's so efficient. I mean, and, he's a Mack truck. Even at this, even at this, even at this age. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Well, you mentioned Chris Middleton, and I, I think he's the key to the Bucks here because of that. Where, you, like, even in the games where Giannis is like choked down the stretch, or it's been like, oh, you can't win with Giannis. Like, he still had really good stat lines. Like, Giannis is still a really good player yeah. that's going to help you win a lot of games and help you in playoff games too. But you have to, not only do you have to have like the secondary scoring, that's pretty obvious of anybody that watches NBA, that you need a second guy to score. You normally can't just do it with one, but you need a guy that can do it from the perimeter. And Chris Middleton, he's had a couple of games in this series where he's gone off and the Bucs have won both of those games. As we've seen with Durant. Yeah. Other than the one game where he went nuts and I had 50, but I mean, that you can't do even as great, incredible as he is. Like last night, Harden struggling again, 16. I mean, there was no one there for him. Yeah. So, like, Middleton might be the key to the Bucs winning because if Middleton can have a monster game, if Middleton, what did he have, 30, 28 on 11 yeah. to 16 shooting yeah. last night and got a lot of free throws, like, or 30-something on 11 to 16. Like, if you can get that out of Middleton, you're Well, and that makes Giannis so much more efficient. Didn't Giannis hit, like, eight of his first nine shots? Yeah. He was really efficient. Well, I don't think, did he take a three? Uh, he, not even know if he I think I don't he did even know at if some he, point. Did he? But he's got the, this weird thing where he likes to pull up in transition yeah, and make he's me like, pull out. like, I gotta out. take one. He didn't take many of them. No, but like the key, the, the other key was last night, Giannis early in the game went to the rim. Yeah. Like he got the Eight ball nine and shots. went yes. to the rim. And that's that's probably the most important thing for Giannis is, okay, is he shooting it from 12, 15 feet, or is he actually getting all the way to the rim within five feet and shooting? Is it funny that they had to go out of their way to say, it is not true that Giannis's brother is on this team just because of Giannis. Like, is this like the U4 or U10 soccer team where it's like, you know, Jimmy marries the sister and she's in U8, but we can't, you know, we can't carpool with all these practices. So you got to put Mary on the U10 team. Or is there some value here? How many other NBA teams is Giannis's brother on? All of them. As like, the, well, obviously a reserve. Yeah. I mean, Oh, wait, are you being, okay, if Giannis is there, or Giannis is not there. Giannis is not there. That's oh. my point. Yeah, he's probably, he'll make some of them. Like, he's competent. <laughs> Again, I'll go to the next point of this. If Giannis is on the Bucks and another team is interested in Giannis's brother, are they taking him just because, like, maybe this guy's Giannis? <laughs> or are they taking him like, no, I really think this guy's good enough to be an no. NBA player. Is They're he pulling... always tied to Giannis well, in some way? They're pulling the Marvin Menzies of, hey, <laughs> when Giannis gets fed up of losing in Milwaukee... <laughs> He'll want to come play with his brother. The Jeff Green? The, what was his name? Marvin Menzies did it with like six guys. Yeah, yeah it was he, a... He did it with... He brought in... Yeah, but the one guy had like a kid who's going number two in the draft yeah, this yeah. year. So Jay Green was here. <laughs> yes. His younger brother was like a five-star recruit. Who will be a top two or three yeah. pick. Amori Hardy. Now, Amori Hardy actually belonged in the Mountain West. Yes, he was a yes. good player. So you're thinking Jay Hardy. his brother was a top... A pro. Was a five-star yes. recruit, right? And then uh, I can't remember... Anthony Smith was the guy. He wasn't actually related to Brandon McCoy. But it was a guy that Brandon McCoy referred to as his brother. He that got, was good wait, enough. He was another one in Tomboy's brother. Right. That yeah. kid was really, yeah. or I don't know where he's it, is, but he, he, he went straight to the G League. That's another Okay, yeah. there's now, another again, dude. Tomboy belonged in the Mountain West. Right. He's a good player. But in the back of your mind, you're like, this yeah. dude can four win the Mountain guys. West. Marvin Menzies brought in four guys to that, get had, the brothers? that had a brother that was a five-star recruit. 
four of them. He maybe was some. For maybe three years. maybe some of all these new dudes that they've got. They've got a brother who can shoot. Yeah, that'd be there's, helpful. There's a shooter out there. You need, the there. So you need a shooter out there. Yeah, we get this guy from Texas, but you should, you should see the brother. He can shoot. You need to, you need to a have shooters <laughs> and b let them shoot every now and then. <laughs> Hi, Bill Lambeer. Kelsey Plum's only made a hundred threes in the last two games. You should let that keep happening. Let him shoot. No, you, you saw that uh, clip of the dish to Liz Cambage coming down the middle. Ionescu didn't know what hit her. Good Thought pass. she was guarding Plum. Plum's got like 50 points in the last two games. Let her shoot.